<clears throat> All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Daniel K. Welcome to another episode of Euro Truck. It's time to go to Hungary. So let's just get into it, shall we? Uh, hoo ha, hum. What am I doing here? I can also feel a sneeze coming on, but I can also f hear a game coming on. Euro Truck Simulator 2. Ah, oh, loading screens. Yeah, I forgot to get past all the loading screens before hitting play. Also, let me turn my volume down. Just enjoying some music last night with these very high-quality Nuke 2 over-the-ear headphones that my sister got me for Christmas. I was listening to some of The Knife. I was listening to some Pass This On by The Knife. I'm in love with your I was listening to some, uh, some Wrap Your Arms Around Me by The Knife. Maybe a little bit of I Just Had To Die by The Knife. Mostly just listening to the knife. A little bit of Annie's box by the knife. Uh, edited Annie here. Annie's box is too much of a downer, so here's like a pen instead. Yeah, I hope uh, <laughs> you could go somewhere else to listen to Charles Darwin's obituary for his own daughter, <laughs> written up as an opera. Yeah, you get the idea. Just kind of giving the headphones a little bit of a workout. Ah! Okay. Cool, we're in your truck. Uh, if I hit drive, where am I? Jog my memory for me, please, Euro truck. Dun. <laughs> Well, apparently we're free as the wind, and it's Tuesday, 12.47. Oh, we're in Klagenfurt! Aren't we? We are, we're in Klagenfurt. I'm worth a see. Okay, let me do a thing. I'm not going to take a job yet. I'm free as a bird, I don't have a trailer attached. Just going to reverse the truck. Let's go hunting for the Klagenfurt worm! Klagenfurt worm time. It's worm time? Yeah, it's worm time. Oops, I was facing the right way to begin with. Oops, oops! I don't know what I'm doing. I'm reversing. I'm wiggling around like a mad thing. Okay. Uh, now I think I'm gonna head in the right direction. As soon as the truck decides to go forwards for me, please, truck. Thank you. Yeah, there's the exit. I was facing in entirely the wrong direction. Now, let's watch out for traffic, shall we, while we go out hunting... For a worm. 
or a, a virum, whatever, however it's pronounced. There's probably some history before the, behind the Klagenfurt worm. So, Editor Dan, do we feel like some history? No. Yeah, I guess we do. Hit no. us with the history. Uh. Alright, so I'll try and keep this brief, because I've got a lot of episodes to edit, but basically, worm means dragon, right? It's a dragon. Sculpture of a dragon. Uh, Klagenfurt has had a long history of uh, stories of dragons. It is even said to be built on the site of the slaying of a dragon. And uh, that's represented in the Klagenfurt coat of arms, in which it's depicted a story which some brave knights uh, chained a bull to a tall tower uh, using like barbed wire. And then when the scary, this dragon, which had been apparently drowning people in the nearby region, uh, certainly there had been a great many drowning deaths in the region and they put it down to a dragon and sure enough out comes a dragon and eats the bull and then gets stuck, its throat stuck on the barbed wire and the knights jump out and kill it and then that's Klagenfurt, bish bash, they built the tower there. Um, uh, so yeah, interestingly enough, this specific Klagenfurt worm, the Lindworm, the Klagenfurt Lindworm, uh, was commissioned by some duke in the 1500s or something uh, um, based around the discovery of the skull of a woolly rhino, which is back then interpreted to be a dragon. So this was like, oh shit, let's build a, it's, it's basically like paleo reconstruction. It's paleo art. The Klagenfurt linworm is paleo art. Reconstruction of a woolly rhino. There you go. There's your history lesson. Thanks, everyone. God damn it, Dan. Ah, thanks, buddy. I've just stopped at some lights. They're about to change. Indicating right. Turning in that direction now. Going at 30 k's. Going all over the road. While I try and control the camera with the buttons on my steering wheel. Going under a cool pedestrian overpass. It doesn't look very good quality, but it's nice that it's here. Alright, and here we are. Pretty much in the city centre, there's a massive roundabout here, right in the middle of the city. And frankly, if there was going to be a Klagenfurt worm, it would be right here. But there isn't one. And the city over to the right of me looks like, uh, like freight warehouses. It's just got nothing but shipping containers. So let's go straight at the roundabout. Now on my right are these like dingy apartment blocks. On my left, there are factories with piles of sawdust and earth movers. Ah, in front of me is a warehouse which is under construction. It's just the steel bones of the structure with a roof on top, but no walls finished yet. That's cool. Oh, there's a jumbo jet! Ah, there's an airport here! Does Klagenfurt have an airport? Why would there be a jumbo jet in Klagenfurt? Oh, not a crash? Okay, good. Phew, just a lag. Look at that jumbo jet! This is a jumbo jet! Let me just quickly take a print screen. Pippity pip. Oh, then I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna forget about that print screen. Alright. I'm now investigating... Uh, this red light here. Specifically, I'm stopping. Yeah! The only other place is this place in front of me, which looks to be mostly open fields. The other end of the runway, and then on, on the left now, there's these big warehouses with more, uh, you know, um, more shipping containers. So no, no Klagenfurt worm. 
Sorry, everyone. Let's just... I tell you what, let's enter the freight market. Eventually, when it decides to open, thank you. Job market, freight market. Leaving Klagenfurt, so we want to get to Hungary. That means there's this place called Pex? Down right in the south of Hungary, or Budapest? Or Zergd? Zergd? Zergd, Hungary. Hungary doesn't pronounce Zs like the Polish do. Hungarians have normal sounding Zs, don't they? So it's not it's not Zegd, is it? It's not Zegd. Editor Dan, is it Zegd? No, it's Seged. I've just looked up a video on YouTube of a guy rattling off uh, Hungarian place names and oh boy, I'm in for a hard time. <laughs> Alright, but to get to get to Hungary we might have to go via Graz. So let's see. Okay, we got beef to Brno, vinegar to Salzburg, onions to Vienna. <laughs> Here we are, roof tiles to Graz, or on the second page, fish fingers to Graz at twenty thousand euros a k. Okay, that's better value than the roof tiles. Let's let's ship fish fingers. Let's do it. Set GPS destination. We're, we're going off to Graz on the way to Hungary. I know we've been to Graz already. But it's just got to happen this way. It's like I'm playing FTL. <laughs> there should be... Oh, I'm in the wrong lane. Can I get through this little traffic window? Yes! Yes! I flaunted the law flagrantly. I threaded the needle through some little cars. <laughs> to turn left in the right lane. Yeah, now I'm going to go straight at this roundabout. Yeah, someone... I bet someone could do a mod of Euro Truck to make it, like, faster than light. You could do, like, real-time driving. Like, oh, set destination to Budapest. Alright, powering up the warp engine to get to Budapest. And then you have to drive to Budapest. Then you get to Budapest and then a dialogue box pops up. And it's like, oh, shit, the Ferengi are offering you, uh... You know, uh, some... Some... Uh, some some starbursts, some sunshine and a robot part for one of your crew members for them to do experiments on. Do you accept? And you go, yeah. And then, uh, and then, oh no, it's, you know, the, the, a conglomerate vessel arrives and they're boarding your ship and it's faster than light. You know, you get the idea. Except you got to drive from star system to star system. I'm turning left. And I've turned left and here's the factory with the fish fingers. Here's the fish finger factory. We're pulling in. We're pulling in. Euro goodies. Euro goodies. Hey, look at that building over there. Look at that. That's a nice thing. What is that? Does that is that a historical building? Uh hang on. Let me quickly just Google the, the Klagenfurt arch architecture of Klagenfurt. That might be a historical building. Get out of here, Euro Truck. How do I how do I minimize? Here we are. We're good, we're good. Yeah, what did it look like? It looked like four almost minarets with those uh, those Eastern Orthodox onions on top. So it would have been the four corners of a of a, a place of worship, a church, or maybe a like a, a rat house. Uh, a a uh, what's the what's the English word for rat house? I don't know. Klagenfurt 
buildings. Not for sale, no. Klagenfurt. Images. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it is... What's this a picture of? I've been here. I've seen this in real life. But I can't see... Ah, the land house. Uh, Wappensaal im Landhaus Klagenfurt. Wappensaal. I'll stick a picture of Wappensaal up in the thumbnail too. So go look at the thumbnail and this is what I was seeing. But these... the It looks like the real Wappensaal im Landhaus Klagenfurt only has two towers. Two of these little onion-topped minarets. But I think the one in Eurotruck. Let's see. Get back into the world. Yeah, it's got three. It's got two next to each other and one further down the road a little bit. It's, a, it's in an area where I just can't get to. So does the re real one... Maybe it's just not in all the pictures, but there's a third one out of out of frame. Let me see. Let me, let me just specifically Google the Wappensalem Landhouse, Klagenfurt. Anyway, yeah, it's there. You can do a tiny little bit of tourism. You can't see the worm, but you can see the Wappensalim Landhaus Klagenfurt. Ooh, look at the interior here. Really? This is what it looks like inside? I should have gone inside. In all the pictures, pictures of the exterior, I'm only seeing two towers. Oh. Well, Klagenfurters, uh, send me a tweet if there are actually three towers on the Wappensaal in Klagenfurt Landhouse. Alright, back to work. Back to my job. Hitting enter to select the fish fingers job. Ah, the old fish fingers job. Fish fingers. 17 tons of fish fingers. Take job. Job taken. Alright, I'm staring right at it. Trailer's ready. Proceed to loading area. Alright, we're going forward. We're braking. We're reversing. It's gonna be easy. One, two. It's always easy to load up the trailer. The hard part is unloading the trailer. If you ask me, professional truck driver Dan. This is a Turbo King branded trailer with a Euro goodies load on the back. Loading it up to my yellow Renault truck. Alright, and now we're following the GPS. What a busy road I have to enter now. Oh, there's a little bit of space. I'm capitalizing, I'm capitalizing. I'm accelerating over the curb, up into the street. There we are. We're going, we're going, we're going. Okay, we're on the road. It's, oh, only one hour, 49 minutes. It's a, it's a close job. That's good. We might fit in two jobs in this episode. We're driving along. Here we are. We're heading out of Klagenfurt. We pass the funny little sign, which has Klagenfurt written on it with a red line striping it out. And now we're on the road. Passing factories 
out here in a rural Klagenfurt, passing a petrol station. I'm still fine for petrol. Passing a building that says hotel. Oh, it's a real hotel I could stop at if I needed to, but I do not. Throw an intersection. It's a field of some kind of green crop to my left. We're driving through Klagenfurt farmland. We're approaching a busy intersection with a major road, at which point I'm going to turn left. Oh, it's a stop sign. There's already another truck stopped, which we have to wait for. Oh, this is going to suck. There's no lights. It's a stop sign. So we've got to wait for the truck in front of me to decide that there's enough of a gap. This looks like it sucks. And we're going, because we're turning left from the European right lane, we have to cross across oncoming traffic to get to our lane. And this truck in front of us is just not going. Oh, there's a car in front of the truck. I didn't even see it. Oh, oh, a little bit of movement. The car is gone. Oh, a tiny little cute truck with cables, rolls of cable on the back just past us. All right, the truck is gone. I'm actually just going to trust that, uh, yeah, everything's going to be okay for me to go too. And my trust was not misplaced. I have not had a massive smash. I've realized that I have to stop saying crash because I could be talking about Euro Truck Simulator crashing or I could be talking about my Euro Truck crashing against a car and smashing it to pieces in the game. You know? Alright, indicating right on the road to Grazen, Vienna. Let's go cabin cam for a second. Oh shit, I'm looking out the window! Shit, I don't know where I'm looking! Okay, I'm wobbling all over the road. Now get back on there, indicator. And now let's indicate to the left as we merge. And we're going to look out the window at our rearview mirror. Looks all clear, looks all nice, nothing's there. Turn on the indicator. Enjoying a nice little bit of cabin ambience. Alright. Oh boy. No, this cabin stresses me out. I have to stop doing this. There we are. Okay. That's better. It's uh, 80 k's an hour zone. I'm going along at 77. The countryside has opened up. But I see in the near distance a large hillside with a tunnel which I am approaching. There we are, here we are. Lucky I always drive with my high beams on. And now here we are, tunnel ambience. Where's my horn? Which button does the horn? That's not two. No, one does the lights. Is it three? No, it's not three. That changes the camera. Is it four? Oh, buddy, we found the horn. All right, next time I get in a tunnel, I'm going to blast the horn for fun. I'm just beeping at cars going past me now. All right, we're back out of the tunnel. We're approaching a big bridge over some kind of river. Maybe it's some kind of Rhine. Do you reckon this is the Rhine? Does the Rhine go through Austria? Does the Rhine go through Austria? Is it even a river? No, it's just a valley with no water at the bottom. Oh, there's a great big... Cool! There's like a road at the bottom. And I can see like... Like nice little... Buildings along the road. Oh, cool, cool, cool. There's a bridge over a really deep valley. Ah, oh, okay. 
think we're well and truly in, in pizza special zone. So let's just have a little bit of silence for a bit, shall we? a very busy intersection. I can see down below me, I'm going over an overpass, I can see a, I could see a blue truck with a trailer with a big excavator on the back going past. It's nice to know that that's probably something that I could also pick up at some stage. Going around this long wide bend, very very fast indeed. 16% truck damage as I scrape along the side of the road. Here comes me turning onto the busy road without looking, but it's totally fine. <sighs> and now we go under the same overpass which I just went over. And we're going to go... Oh, well, like... Okay, cool. I can see the destination on the map. Engine malfunction! No! No! Okay, we're okay. Ah, oh, why does it do engine malfunction at 15% truck damage? It should do engine malfunctions at, like, 70% truck damage. This is, uh... We're at Gratz. I can see the fine old buildings of Gratz just over the wall there. And I can see on my navigation program the destination. I just need to do a little loop around to get into Gratz itself. Yeah. Have I talked about... I wonder if I've talked about the Mega Mouth on podcast before. But here in Perth, we've got a Mega Mouth. Uh, the... Oh, uh, well, I'll start at the start. In 1988, down in Mandurah, which is this kind of coastal sub-city attached to Perth. It's like a 40-minute drive down south. You get to this big sort of bustling hub with beaches and lots and lots of like what used to be pretty cheap housing but is now getting pretty expensive. But there's probably still a lot of really cheap housing around Mandurah. Um, but on a beach in Mandurah in 1988, a megamouth shark washed up, a dead one, and it was pretty fresh. And the locals saw it wash up and they were like, holy moly, what the hell is this? So they ended up calling Perth. Uh, and eventually they got in contact with someone from the museum who came out and identified it as a Megamouth shark. And now, this Megamouth was then transported to Western Australia, the Western Australian Museum, where it was uh, uh, like sunk in a massive tub of formaldehyde to preserve it and then eventually put on display. And so it would always be outside in this outdoor section of the museum, sunk under the ground, but with a glass, like a, a big thick sheet of plexiglass or whatever over the top of it. So you could like look down on this preserved Mega Mouth. And I would do that all the time. I'd look at the Mega Mouth and go, wow, we look at that Mega Mouth. Or my mum would go, look, kid, it's a Mega Mouth. And I'd go, yeah, I guess it is. You know, just this weird big dead thing the size of like a great white shark all wrinkled and grey and distressing 
Um, little did I know until pretty recently that that Mega Mouse... Oh, I've just taken a wrong turn, but that's okay. Lost in Gratz. That Mega Mouth was the third specimen anyone had ever seen. It was the third Mega Mouth anyone had ever seen. So what's a Mega Mouth shark, you, you might be asking. It's one of three filter-feeding shark species. You got your... You got your whale shark, of course. Everyone loves a whale shark. You got your basking shark. The cartilaginous skeletons of which wash up on beaches and confuse people into thinking it's a sea monster all the time. And then the smallest of the three species is a mega mouth, but it still gets up to some pretty big sizes. Uh, and it has teeth. It has little triangular t shark teeth. Loads and loads and loads and loads of them. But they are tiny. They're these adorable little teeth. Like, tons and tons and tons and tons of, like, little adorable teeth, all in, like, a big sort of pad, this rasping pad on its, on its gums, which it uses to strain krill or plankton out of the water. And that's how it eats. It's a filter-feeding shark. Um, and so, uh, it lived at the WA Museum for decades, and then the WA Museum shut for maintenance for 15 years. Um, but while it was shut, the Megamouth got shipped down at incredible expense to Fremantle, which is a port city south of, of Perth. Not that far south. It's only another city on a technicality. Really, I still think of Fremantle as just being another suburb of Perth, but apparently it's its own city. Uh, but I often take the train to Fremantle when I need something to do of an evening, and I also used to study in Fremantle back when I wanted to be an animator at the Fremantle Film and Television Institute. Oh, I've just arrived at our destination. I'm going to hit the enter key. And so, um, I can now go down to the Maritime Museum in Fremantle, where the Megamouth is currently housed, and I can go see the old Megamouth, the same old Megamouth, which has been dead longer than I've been alive. It's in a brand new tank. You can see all around it that it's got all these interesting viewing windows. You can even get up above it and see it from above. Uh, and because of my history of going to visit the Mega Mouth, I have this kind of attachment to it. And so I like to take people to see it. If I've got someone who I need to entertain for a day, which often happens, I'll go like, hey, let's go to Fremantle on the train and see the Mega Mouth. And they're like, the what? And I'm like, yeah, it'll be great. And they get there, and it's this, frankly, nightmare fish. It's big, sad, dead eyes staring out at you. It's grey body wrinkled in this tank. And they go, ugh, ugh. And I go, yeah, it's the Mega Mouth. Uh, of course, I've taken my son to see it so many times that he's like, eh, hey, it's the Mega Mouth, cool. So good, the brainwashing continues. It's good. All right, trailer delivery. 90 XP, where do you need it? That's what I'm saying. Okay, it looks like it's going to be real tough. We've got to drive around the back of this factory along a tight little road into a tight little unloading area with no space at all. I'm just coming around the back of the factory now. And then we've got to, we've got to reverse... Oh, this, this, is, this is one of the tougher ones. Yeah. We've got to turn around in this tight space... It's already giving me messages saying, hey, if you want to skip the parking, then just go ahead. But there we go. I've successfully turned around. So I, I did it really quickly and zippily. Too fast to be safe, but it's done now. And now I'm. it looks like I'm exiting, but what I'm really doing is straightening up the trailer, giving myself a really long run-up. I'm going to spin around 
and we're gonna reverse this thing with pinpoint accuracy into the, into the spot. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Okay, we're on course, we're on course. Oh, we're fixing up, we got off course a little bit, but now we're fixing up the fix up we just did and we're back on course. Oh, no, we're wiggling out of on course. Oh, we're doing badly, we're doing badly. I'm fixing it, I'm fixing it. We're way off, slamming on the brakes. Oops, the brakes go, oh shit, trailer damage 1%. I forgot that the brakes go forward when you're reversing. But, but, here we are, we hit T. In spite of the fact that I just smashed the trailer against a wall and it sustained damage, that's one of the better parking jobs I've ever done. And now, oh. Um, we're not quite at level 9. Uh, we got 116 XP as a base reward and then a plus 90 XP leading us le 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 leaving us with 206 XP's total. And apparently I did excellently. Okay, let's continue. Okay, okay. How long have I been recording? Let's quickly check. 26 minutes. Let's do another job. Let's get on the world map. And also the freight market, that's what I mean. Okay, so leaving Gratz, we need to get to Hungary. Hey, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. The the best value cargo is an 8,000 euro job, 8,569 euro job, leaving Gratz and going to Pex in southern Hungary, which is exactly where I want to go. Wow, it's a long trip, though. I could also go to Budapest. I could take chemical sorbent to Budapest. What's sorbent? Chemical sorbent? I thought sorbent was toilet tissues. Uh, the job going to Pex? Is it pronounced Pex? Editor Dan, is it pronounced Pex? Have I already asked that already? No, you haven't, but it's Pech. Maybe. Pex. Pech. Well, maybe it's pronounced Pex. I don't know at this point. I, I wasn't able to hear him. But yeah, let's go to Pex. Wow, trip time? Oh my god. 5 hours and 37 minutes. Are we okay with this, everyone? That last job we did was a one and a half hour job, and now I'm taking a five and a half hour job. Are we alright with that? Ah. Oh. Maybe I could cheat and split the episode. I'm sorely tempted. Nah, fuck it. Where's my integrity? Let's go to PEX! No long episode, let's go to PEX! Set GPS... Oh, but if I... No, yeah, let's go to PEX. Set destination. We're doing it this episode. You knew that already because you can see the time codes. But, alright, we're driving to the... We're driving to the backhoe loader. The backhoe. We're picking up a backhoe. Which is the name of the special excavator I'm gonna go get. Gonna go get a backhoe, put it on my back, and then go back and go to Pex. Turning right, trusting that nothing's coming. Cool, it's looking good. No, we're fine. Oh yeah, uh, I have to remember to repair my truck at some stage. Turned left expertly. Expertly turned left. 
Driving along the middle of the road at 10k's over the limit. In beautiful Graz. Wonderful Graz. Engine malfunction. Yep. That's oh, alright. It's working again. <sighs> How far away are we? Oh, 14 minutes away from the backhoe. The backhoe radar tells me. Uh, those lights are, are changing. And we're stopping because the lights are red. Just going to have a little sip of my coffee. Yum. Come on, lights. Okay, here we go. Boy, what am I going to talk about for five hours? Oh, I know. So. The Mega Mouth. <laughs> it's still down in Fremantle, where it was moved from the WA Museum and just put on display down in the Maritime Museum. I like to go there, right? But it costs money to go to the Maritime Museum. Except last time I went there, I thought, uh, I heard a rumour that the Maritime Museum is free to get in on the first Wednesday of each month. So I get on the train with my kid and we go all the way to Fremantle on the train, which is not a short journey. And we get there and they're like, uh, I, I say, is it free? And it's pretty late at this point. And they go, uh, it's not technically free yet. Um, you might want to go away and come back in 10 minutes and it'll be free. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? I thought this place was free entry on every first Wednesday. And they were like, what? Oh, 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 I get it. No, it's actually every second Tuesday that this place is free entry. And I'm like, oh, wait, what were you talking about? And the guy behind the counter was really sheepish. And he was like, oh, uh... Technically, we have to put the till away at 4.30. And it was like 4, 4.20 at that point in the afternoon. It says, and after that, we can't actually charge anyone for tickets. And not many people arrive at the museum at 4.30 when closing time's 5. But the people who do, we just let them in for free. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I shouldn't actually have told you that. But, uh, but <laughs> do you want to get in? And I'm like, yeah. And he just let me in. It was great. We went and saw the Mega Mouth. I've arrived at the factory. It looks like a kind of lumber mill. Lots of logs everywhere. I don't know why they would have... Yeah, look. Okay, here's all the things that they are shipping. A backhoe loader to Pex Hungary. Logs to Brno or Bruno. Wood bark to Salzburg. And loaders to Vienna. So they're all like wood and equipment for moving wood. I guess they're... I guess I'm... This might be like a second-hand backhoe loader, which they've sold to a business in Hungary, because this isn't like a backhoe distributor. This is a lumber mill. But whatever. It's, it's a job's a job. 8,000 euros is 8,000 euros. Let's proceed to the trailer. Where is it? Oh, look at this place. It's a mess. Rubbish everywhere. Oh, it's... Is it inside? It's... It's inside a shed... Is it really? Where is it? Oh, it was just around the back of the shed. Okay. I thought the map was, was pointing to a spot inside this massive tin shed. 
that's full of like piles of wood chips and stuff but no here it is it's just around the back of the shed I like I can see all their skip bins and these pallets wrapped in plastic around the back of their shed and all these piles of wood alright reversing reversing up to the backhoe ah <sighs> coupling and now we're on our way how do I turn around I've got to turn around because it looks like they've actually got rail like light rail maybe heavy rail I don't actually know but like rail leading out of the shed on the like the other end so I've got to come back the way I came oh I bumped up against what I thought was a tiny little log which my tires would just go over but apparently it's the border of an invisible wall impenetrable absolutely impassable completely impervious so I just had to reverse and go around a little bit and now we're all good and now we're leaving we're leaving the lumberyard didn't even see the name of this company Triet World great Triet Alright, we're stopping because I can see there's a ton of traffic coming and now we're accelerating because there's a break in the traffic. It's all good. It's all good. And now we're on the road to Hungary. We're heading for Hungary, ladies and gentlemen. We're off to Hungary. Hey, Hungarian music, Hungarian music. <laughs> Fantastic. Hungarian pop music. Yeah, Hungarian folk music. Hungarian metal. Hungarian hip hop. Uh, Hungarian ambient music. Yeah, that was my favourite one. Um, Hungarian bagpipe music. Cool, that's the last one I'll do. Sorry, editor Dan. I know, I know. You said you were going to do one of these a week, and if I keep on <laughs> if I keep on handing you just like shit jobs, that's not going to happen, is it? Absolutely not. Day two of editing and it's still not done. Yeah, I understand. But we're doing it for Brian. Yeah, we're doing it for Brian. We're doing it for Brian. We're doing it for Brian. And also for Jamie, because I remember that one time he handed me 50 bucks and he said, this is for the podcast, man. Oh, yeah. Cousin Jamie. We're doing it a bit for Brian and a bit for, for Jamie. I'll have to tally up the monetary value of the expansions that Brian uh, dropped on me. So maybe we're doing it slightly more for Brian and only a bit for Jamie. But still. You get the idea. Alright. This is too quiet. Hang on. Can I adjust the environmental noises in the options? Menu. Options. 
audio. Because when I've got a trailer on, it's too quiet. World sounds volume, let's turn them up. Traffic volume, turn it up. Trailer noise volume, turn it up. Truck noise volume, turn it up. Truck effects volume, turn it up. Truck turbo volume, turn it up. Truck exhaust volume, truck engine volume. Uh, wait, there's a voice navigation option? Ambient sounds, right up. All right, voice navigation. Let's enable voice navigation. Language and voice. Wow, lots of options. English UK, English Doug Raspy, English Doug, Doug US, English Doug UK, Deutsch Karl, Deutsch Helga, Chestina Romana, Chestina, Francois Michel, Italiano, Portuguese, Polish, where's Hungarian? I guess it's there's no. No, let's 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 listen to Pedro tell us the directions in Portuguese. Desfruta da viagem. Finalmente chegamos. Yeah, he sounds good. Oh, speed warning! My speed warning is now none. Let's change it to voice. So. So, uh, so Pablo, no, Pedro is probably going to tell me when I'm going too fast. Let's turn up the voice navigation volume. Oh, it's already at max. Oh, fantastic. Oh, what a jump forward in technology that this episode has seen me discover. All right, let's do it. Let's keep on going. Me and Pedro. Thanks, Pedro. Let's see what happens if I break the speed limit. It's 80, but I'm going to accelerate up past 80. 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78. Can't quite get to 78. There we are, 78. 79. 80. 81. Where are you, Pedro? Pull my ass out of the fire, Pedro. 84. Don't, don't get me a ticket, Pedro. Não ultrapassa velocidade was that it? Ah, uh, it wants me to turn right, because there's a right turn coming up. I don't know if it... Was that a joint announcement? That I'm going to... Yeah, I'm turning right. Adirita. Thanks, Pedro. I'm going to learn Portuguese by the end of this. i got to head on down to Brazil. Or maybe Portugal. All right, indicating left. Vir à esquerda. Yeah. Oh! Narrowly missing a Holden Astra, a little blue Holden Astra. I don't, I don't know if it's really a Holden Astra, but it sure looks like a Holden Astra. And I wouldn't actually be surprised if it turns out that Holden just imports some, some shitty universal car, which is like, oh, it's an Opel Primo in Europe, and then, oh, it's a Ford 
uh, uh, I don't know, Canyon in America, and then here in Australia, Holden bought them and calls them Holden Astras. Alright, we're driving along. Approaching some kind of town. It's a kind of town with these buildings which have like nice looking spires on them. It's like white walled buildings with orange terracotta tile roofs and some of them have these like uh, Eastern Orthodox looking onions on top, which I'm into. I like it. I think that might mean we're approaching Hungary. It looks kind of Hungarian to me. Oh, but then there's also these big wooden triangular houses which look very Germanic. And we haven't crossed the border, so this is still Austria, right? We're going too fast. Come on, Pedro. There was no warning. How fast do I have to go before I get a get shouted at by Pedro? I'm glad I found Pedro. Atenção, não ultrapassa velocidade limite. Yeah. He gives me a little... Oh! Engine malfunction! Oops, oops, oops. Does a little attention. You're now exceeding the speed limit. Takes a little while for him to wake up, though. And tell me. Okay. So it's now 50Ks. That's probably why he, he jumped in to tell me. And we are leaving Austria and entering Hungary. We've just passed a red and white flag, and we've entered an area marked by red, white, and green flags. Welcome to Hungary, everyone. Atenção, não ultrapassa velocidade limite. Yeah, he's right. Six k's over. Look at this. There's a combine harvester on the left. There's these uh, freshly mowed fields with uh, haystacks, giant haystacks, in them. There's a ploughed field with a little green tractor. We've got another four hours of this journey, and we're kind of in a little traffic jam. There's a truck and two cars ahead of me. And the limits just changed from 50 back up to 70. So it looks like everybody's peeling away and leaving me in their dust. But that's okay. What is that? Go straight? Okay. Maybe I should have chosen a language which I know a tiny little bit of, like German. Not that I know, not that I can say that I know any German but that there's a slim chance I might recognize a word or two is all I mean. But now that I've picked Pedro, I'm sticking with Pedro. Me and Pedro. Atenção, não ultrapassa velocidade limite. Thanks, Pedro. My thoughts exactly. My blood brother Pedro. In the passenger seat here with me. Oh shit, is it Pablo? Oh, it's been Pablo this whole time, hasn't it? Hang on, I need to check. It's Pedro, isn't it? It's not Pablo. What an asshole I am. What a total asshole. What a complete prick. I have to check my friend's name in the menu. Pedro, it's definitely Pedro. Okay. Uh, we've passed a T-junction. To the left was Budapest, but to the straight is Pex. 
or Petchus or whatever the correct pronunciation is. Look at that. Look at that. A mountain with a castle on top. A boxy, wide-walled castle with short towers. And a beautiful town with, uh, with like, tall A-frame buildings, churches, etc. And those sweet, sweet, sweet Russian-looking onions. I'm into it. I'm in Hungary. Russian onions. Squat castles. Engine malfunctions. Me and Pedro having fun in Hungary. Uh, uh. Anyway, about the Mega Mouth. So, you might be saying to yourselves, you might have been saying to yourselves all this whole time, but Dan, we saw on the news that the WA Museum has opened again. And, uh, and thanks to the blessedly low COVID cases in Western Australia, people are free to, and as long as they observe contact precautions and they register their whereabouts with the WA Safe app, or the WAP, as it's called. Um, oh, I'll veer right. Thanks, Pedro. Yeah, I'm turning right here. Not indicating. Oh, this is a kind of tight right turn. I've got to go out into the oncoming lane. But yeah, so everyone's free to go look in the museum at the uh, what's that the museum? There's a reconstructed Carnotaurus that's probably my favourite dinosaur at the museum uh, Car Carnotaurus of course an Argentinian theropod frankly gigantic, very lean vestigial arms just tiny little like tiny little toddler arms almost like uh, the vestigial arms of a snake on this Carnotaurus, which otherwise towers over me. This gigantic predator, which could, like, swallow me whole. Very entertaining Carnotaurus. I love it. Really good reconstruction. The skin is covered in osteoderms. Oops. Um. But yeah, so you might be saying... Uh, via right, just like Pedro is saying. But you might also be saying... Now with the WA Museum back open, surely the Mega Mouth is going to come back to the museum. Nah. Maritime Museum's going to keep it, I think, because it costs so much money to move, they're just keeping it now. So now they, the Maritime Museum, which mostly just has boats, if you want to go see some boats, maybe the working operating steam engine of the SS Perth, the Perth to South Perth ferry, which uh, is uh, in operation from 1913 to 1980-something, I think. Uh, then you can head on down to the Maritime Museum. Maybe I made up that 1980-something number, but definitely like 1913 is when it started operations. Maybe? The SS Perth? Yeah, pretty much. 1914 until 1971, where it was converted to diesel and used only as, like, a cruise vessel, basically, to stop being a ferry. Then decommissioned in 85, I think, based on this... Pretty shitty Wikipedia article. All right, back to it. It's not. It's not attached to a, like a a boiler. It's got a pump which runs the pistons, but it's operating. Great big engine. It's really cool. Head on down there if you want to see a a ferry engine. And yeah, now they've got the Mega Mouth. It's a cool museum. It's pretty cool. Oh, you know what else they've got? Nuclear submarine. The SS Ovens. Real big. Real big thing. And you can do tours inside it. I've done a tour inside it back when I was a teenager. Back before I was too big to fit inside a submarine, which is pretty much what I am now. Not like width-wise. I'm not big width-wise. 
a kind of big up and down. So I would have to like bend over 90 degrees to fit inside the SS ovens. Stick my head inside the SS ovens. Yep, go straight. That's what he said. So the road to the right heads to Pex, but it is inaccessible in this game. Blocked by an invisible wall. Um, so we've got to go the long way, I guess. But we're going straight. We've got two and a half hours left. Yeah. <sighs> you know what else they've got at the Western Australian Maritime Museum? Is they've got the boat which won the America, America Cup in 1980-something, which is apparently a huge, massive deal because a massive proportion of the real estate in this museum is dedicated to this damn boat and to, like, exhibits of the of Bob Hawke wearing a special suit to celebrate it and all these photographs and newspaper clippings and, like, just bits of paraphernalia, like a uniform of one of the crew who operated the whatever the boat was that won the America Cup. America's Cup? America Cup? The American Cup? I don't know. But it was an Australian boat that won a big boating competition and everyone was really proud and it had a secret uh, rudder or something and everyone was amazed and then it won. And now this museum has got like, oh, here's, here's an old computer which was on one of the vessels which was a service vessel that serviced the boat that won. And you're like, wow, this is like several steps removed from this special boat. But I'm not sorry, because it's a cool old computer. Uh, Editor Dan, can you drop in what kind of computer it was right here? No. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, and they've got that in the exhibit. And then next to it, they've got a Nokia flip phone from, like, the early 2000s. Maybe the mid-2000s, I don't know. But then they're like, yeah, this flip phone has more computing capacity than this big old computer. And this big old boat computer. But yeah, apparently everyone cares about this boat race. But not me, I'm there pressing the engine, the, the button that makes the engine... COWS! There's cows! I went through a paddock with cows in it. That's more life. So we saw a rabbit in the last episode, and I've just seen some tan cows, some white tan cows. The sun's going down. What time is it? Nine, eight, it's 7.45, and the, the Hungarian sun is setting. It's looking dark and dusky. The sky is pretty overcast, but still there's some little patches of blue. In my rearview mirror, I can see a cloudscape which is pleasingly layered with dark clouds and light clouds still illuminated by the setting sun way behind me. It's, it's very pretty. The illusion is uh, broken only by the sprites of the trees disappearing. Wow, look at that tower. It's a, a pylon, electricity pylon, but it looks like some fancy place of worship. Like a pagoda or something. Pedro's telling me to head right. Viren Adi right. How's my how's my Portuguese? 
How are we going for sleep? I think we're filling up on the old sleepometer. I'm going to need to go to sleep at the end of this job. And we're a little under half full as far as petrol goes. And we still need to fix the truck. Because of this 16% engine damage malfunction nonsense. Yeah. Should I talk about the WA Museum some more? Or should I just shut up for a bit about it? Nah, let's talk about it some more. So, I love dinosaurs. And I want to go check out the, the wildlife exhibition uh, area in this big old WA museum because I love dinosaurs and they've done a cool thing yeah Ashkerda means left I think it's the word I have more trouble saying Ashkerda he rolls his R in a way that I can't do it I can't do it my stupid Australian tongue doesn't have that dexterity sorry everyone I just need a genetically superior tongue in my mouth holy moly what a sentence that <laughs> was out before I could think about it um um what was I saying oh yeah I go to the dinosaur place and it's like this museum is super like crowded and I'm trying to social distance so I'm like ah! uh, and it's just the lights are really dim and it's really maze like and I don't like it it's got some cool things, but the dinosaurs that it has, for the most part, they've tried to pick specifically Western Australian dinosaurs, if not just dinosaurs. Well, they've got a big skeleton of a Mudabarasaurus, but not in the dinosaur exhibition. They've got it down near the cafe, and I'm into that. I like the big skeleton of the Mudabarasaurus, or the cast of a skeleton of a, of a Mudabarasaurus. Um, Prepare-se para virar à esquerda. Yeah, turn left. There's that word again. Might have to turn it off Portuguese, sorry Pedro. Because I, I can't pronounce the word left. Gauche in French. Um, or gauche or whatever. Uh, so the dinosaurs they've got, they've got a pretty small looking um, sauropod. Sauropods are the biggest things on the planet, on the surface of the planet. You know, Argentinosaurus, you know, you know, Patagotitan, you know, Diplodocus, you know, Sauroposidon, you know, all of these. Well, that's a, that's a sauropod. Big, 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 the biggest things ever, except for blue whales and maybe like one species of Mosasaur. Um, but the one that they've got on display inside, it looks kind of dinky, kind of small and not like it's a juvenile, although I think it is a juvenile. Uh, it just looks kind of small. Um, but I think maybe it's just a smaller... Oh, lightning. Flashes of lightning. It might just be a smaller species of... Of, um... Of thingapod. Sauropod dinosaur. Um, because that's the that's the, the one kind, the one specimen that's been discovered here in Western Australia. And that's cool. And they've got like a little theropod, a little... You know, like a little runny jumpy dinosaur it's not covered in in feathers which is a shame uh, and they've got like a little I don't know they've got a cool uh, reconstructed Dunkelosteus which is cool and they've got some nice reconstructed ichthyosaurs the sort of dolphin like reptiles and um, oh we're here 
Pex discovered. We've entered Pex. It's 9.30 at night, or quarter past nine at night, and it's raining and storming. I've slammed on my brakes so as not to, to crash into this truck in front of me that's also stopped at these red lights. So the dinosaurs are kind of small. Uh, and not, not like, they, they don't have very many in the Western Australian dinosaur area. There's that really cool Carnotaurus, but that's not in the dinosaur area either. It's just kind of off in one of the walkways, which is good. I love it. It's a good Carnotaurus. If you want good dinosaurs, get it from Argentina, because that's where all of the dinosaurs come from. The first dinosaurs, the biggest dinosaurs, the coolest dinosaurs, Argentina. Argentina? Argentina? But what they do have is crinoids. And what they do also have... So yeah, they've got like fossils of crinoids embedded in some rock or sandstone or whatever. Which are beautiful. I'm a big fan of crinoids. Little sea lilies. Um, but they've also got reconstructions of fossil trackways. Ichnofossils. So fossils left by dinosaur footprints. And those are fantastic. They've got sauropod footprints which are suitably, impressively gigantic. And the footprints that they've got on display, like left in some mud and then fossilized, uh, they make the sauropod on display's foot feet look dainty and tiny in comparison, which is good to see. And then they've also got ichnofossils uh, footprints of uh, like early arthropods, early land-going arthropods. So horrible, like, scorpion monsters which dragged themselves scuttling across the mud way back in the, what, Devonian? Arthropods made it to the land on the, in the Devonian? I think it's the Devonian. Don't know what that meant. Turn right. I have to get into the right lane, I think. Yeah, we're going to be turning right. I've just been driving through Pecs. It's real big. It looks like this is a bigger... Oh, look at that! The lightning illuminated a massive industrial complex. We're turning right at a big, busy roundabout. In the rain. Yeah, thanks. I don't know what Pedro's on about now. But yeah, this city which I'm driving through, I've just been driving through it, and it looks... It feels bigger. It feels bigger, and with more buildings, more infrastructure than the non-expansion cities. It feels bigger and better. I feel like I'm in a better place. Look at these. Uh, across the wall, I can now see uh, housing estates with all their lights on. Uh, previously, I was driving through the industrial area, and now I'm kind of out, like leaving the city a little bit, and I'm going to be turning right into a... Uh, wherever this backhoe is going. Veer and Adi Raita. Avi Raita? Adi Raita? Yeah, next episode we're taking it off, Pedro. I'll pick a language I have less trouble with. Like maybe English, I don't know. Alright, we're on a dirt path here, just on the outskirts of Peaks. Or Peaks. The E has a little stripe over it, which I don't understand. Here we are. Here's the factory. This looks big and new. This is not a model I've seen before. 
hay bales, massive, like a wall of just rolled up hay bales off in the distance there. I'm going to say, where do you need it for 90 XP? Proceed to unloading area. All right, we're going to rip, uh, whip around so we're facing in the opposite direction. Look, there's a big silo over there, big tin silo. It looks like a rocket ship. It's cool, it's cool. Oh, man. There we are. We're turning around. It looks like we're leaving the factory. But surprise, surprise, I'm hitting the brakes. Oh, the light situation sucks. There's no light at all. They need floodlights. If I'm going to be parking a trailer effectively, I want floodlights all around me. Because I cannot see. Alright. We're approaching the parking space. There's a, a bit of an angle, a bit of an unfortunate angle. But it, there's still time for me to fix it. Luckily, the parking space is illuminated with like a white frame, which flashes to tell me where the trailer should go. But I'm just driving this, this uh, vague black void towards it. And every now and again, some architecture of the void will intersect with the white lines, and that's how I can tell where my trailer is, where the backhoe is. There we are. Okay, it looks like if this, if this parking job is lenient enough, we've done a good enough job. But just how lenient is it? We're not bang on straight, but we're, I think, close enough. I think this is actually close enough. I just need to slowly inch back until I get the T button. There we are, the T button. Decoupling. That was the best I've ever done. That was the best I've, I've ever parked a trailer. Amazing. Oh. Oh. And look at us. Boom. We're level 9. We got 320 base experience, plus 80 XP for long distance delivery, plus 57 XP for high value cargo, and plus 90 XP for maneuvering so beautifully the trailer into the space. For a total of 547 XP and 8,569 euros. This is one of the better days that I've had in Euro Truck. And now we get to upgrade our skills. Um, so... We could do more dangerous. There's only two dangerous cargo options which I haven't unlocked yet. I've unlocked explosives. I haven't unlocked gases. I haven't unlocked flammable liquids. I have unlocked flammable solids and toxic and infectious substances and corrosive substances. So I could do one of them to get more options. I could do more long distance, but I actually don't like the long distance ones. I could do more high value cargo. I could do more fragile cargo. I have I have two points in high value and none in fragile. I'm gonna do more points in high value cargo. Or should I do one in fragile? Let's at least unlock fragile cargo. Cause that'll give us, I think, access to a new batch of jobs. And then next time I can do more high value. Cool. From now on you can purchase your own trailers and upgrades or paint them to match your truck. Your trailers can be stored in your chosen garages and they can be used by your drivers to increase... Oh, I don't have any drivers yet. All these things. I'm probably going to need to look up some tutorials on how to actually become like a truck business person in game. Uh, but for now we're just going to drive around Hungary for a bit. Alright, let's get Gina to a hotel. And then let's call it a night.
call it a good episode, I think. No computer crashes, no bad truck crashes. Where are the hotels? Where's the hotels? Oh, they're miles away, because I'm out outside of Pex. And they're undiscovered. I don't know where any are. I just got to drive around Pex. Yeah, it's much bigger than what... Oh, here we are. Oh, no, they just hadn't loaded yet. Okay. There's one which is uh, what appears to be a hotel and a mechanics. So I'm going to go there. I've, I've stuck the destination in. Oh. Engine malfunction. Thanks, Pedro. So we're 16 minutes away. Ugh. I'm driving along this dirt road. You can really hear the gravel rumble. This tan dirt rumble under my tires now. Pedro wants me to turn left. Now that I don't have the trailer on, the, the all the noise is like ramped up. Back on the paved roads. We're veering left. I can't see anything because the streetlights aren't on. Oh, they are, but they're doing nothing. Nothing for me, anyway. I couldn't see if anything was coming, but turns out it wasn't. Man, I'm so... Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a fucking moron! Ladies and gentlemen! Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. No, I'm driving on the wrong side of the road. I'm driving on the left, and I can't get across because there's... Wrong way of fence. Negative 100 euros. Yeah, there's bollards blocking me off. I can't get to the right side of the road. I'm just driving along on the left. I've got my idiot Australian brain in my head. My idiot Australian brain. Another offence. Okay, I've swerved over. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I'm back on the right-hand side. Where were you, Pedro? You should have been shouting. Dan, Dan, you're on the left. Don't give me excuses like that, Pedro. Wait, what the hell was that? Obviously it was 18% vehicle damage, but there was something on the road. It looked almost like a, a guy lying. Not in the middle of the road, but on the... Like... Or something. Or like a pair of backpacks lent up on the... On the curb? It was something. There was something going on back there. Thanks, Pedro. Yeah, here we are. There's the entry to the mechanics, but I think it will also act as a hotel for me. I'm going to park my truck in these parking spaces. There we are. Press the following key to stop and the following key to rest. And now we're getting some rest and we wake up fresh and early at 9 past 7 the next morning. 9 past 7 Wednesday morning. Wednesday, Hungarian Wednesday. And there is the mechanics. I might as well quickly fix the truck. Let me drive into the mechanics. Come on. Let's see what the damage is. Literally and figuratively. Truck service. Truck maintenance. 9% engine damage. 5% transmission, 18% chassis damage, 14% cabin damage, 6% wheel damage. It all totals to 8,000 euros. So everything that we just made, bang, gone, flying out of my account. But we start tomorrow on a fresh page, a new leaf. Ah. 
face in the right direction for future Dan. Not you, Editor Dan. The other one. Alright, everyone. I'm exiting. I'm saving. I'm saving and exiting. Oh, that felt like a good one. Game saved. And thank you all very much for joining me. For that good episode of Euro Truck. Wow, we've only been going for an hour and eight minutes. It feels like so much longer. But that's what happens. Time drags when you're having fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Alright, see ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>